answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for joining us. That's right. Glad you're with us. This is a financial program, both myself and my co-host here. We're both financial advisor, certified financial planning, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, and we uh, spend our weekdays helping people like yourself plan their financial futures. We broadcast here on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air, and we focus primarily on retirement and retirement transition, but we deal with all things financial planning related. Um, And retirement, mainly because it's the number one thing that people save for. It's the thing... I I remember... uh, 48% 48% of Americans retire earlier than they'd planned, according to a study from Voya Financial. That's one out of two of us are going to leave are going to re- leave the workplace earlier than we'd planned. So I, I we completely understand there's a lot of people say, I don't ever want to retire. I'd like to keep working until the day I die. I feel that way. But we need to be prepared in the event that something occurs in our life where we're forced to retire. I a feel that personal way. personal health issue, health issue of a loved one. Scott, I feel that way Monday through Wednesday that I will work until my dying day. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Thursday and Friday, I don't. <laughs> don't you? Uh, I like usually Sundays. like Mondays because I, I, I typically, yeah, I'm a, I, I usually like Mondays. I enjoy work. But I think that's normal for, for people. It's like, hey, this is great. And then, like, some days you're like, oh. Yeah, it's funny. It's just like this. I like the seasons. Um, you know, here we are, end of August. Summer's been long. and Yeah. And, and then it's kind of like I'm looking forward to fall and the winter. And same thing, I guess, work-wise. If, what if you worked for 40 days straight and then had yeah. a few days off? So that would be harder. Our goal is to help people put themselves in a financial situation so that they can retire comfortably. And that's your definition, by the way, of comfortable, not my definition. Well, their definition, the client's definition of what's I mean, internally, we talk internally about, about we provide straightforward financial and retirement guidance so people live rich and meaningful lives. Not really rich financial, that's a very subjective term anyway, but a full life. In all aspects, yes. in that, that season of their life. That's what we hope for people. Yeah. That can be maybe one of their most so fulfilling times. So we life. do this radio show, podcast, whatever you want to call it, this broadcast of some sort. Um, we take phone calls. We try to help people. Sometimes we do it. Sometimes the <laughs> advice is just <laughs> mediocre at best. Yeah, but, but if you'd you like be some, the judge. Yeah, if you'd like mediocre advice, <laughs> our number, 833-99-WORTH, will get you on. Let's uh, head to the phones, talk with Steve. Steve, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Hello. Hi, Steve. Well, thanks for taking my call. Well, thanks Thank for you. waiting. Yes. Actually, we kept you on the line a little while, but we appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's quite all right. Um, so uh, my question is, I'm trying to take advantage of the, the, uh, the good financial rate for mortgages and uh, maybe do a refinance and pull some equity out of my house. Right now I'm at three and a half percent and I owe about 166,000 and the house appraised at about 950. So I'm currently an airline employee, um, sitting pretty good with seniority wise, but uh, nobody knows what the future holds. Yep. And I'm trying to decide whether to, refinance what I owe and lower my payment and take advantage of the low interest rate so I could save probably about a percent. Okay. How and, old uh, are you? my interest rate. I'll be 53 in October. And are, are you a pilot or what, what do you do for the airlines? I'm a mechanic. Got it. Yeah. Um, so I could, I was thinking about pulling 
or the other scenario is pulling 300,000 out. By the way, thank you for being a mechanic. <laughs> it's one thing if my car yeah. breaks down, I don't want my airplane oh. to break down in the when, middle of flight. <laughs> like, <laughs> when I'm sitting on the tarmac and they yeah. actually push the plane back to the gate because there's a mechanical issue, I am thankful. People next to me are complaining, <laughs> and I'm like, what are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah. If the pilot's not comfortable exactly. putting this thing in the air, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to. Yeah. He's fine. No more duct tape. <laughs> you're like, I'm glad you're not the pilot, the guy next to me. This is this is crazy. There's always a mechanical okay, issue. Okay, so Steve, you're 53. Yeah. Are you married? No. Okay, any kids are responsible yeah. for? No. Okay. And how much money do you have saved for retirement? My 401k, I just broke through a million dollars and um, I got about 300,000 in uh, savings outside of my 401k. I have a Roth IRA established and other investments, mutual funds, and uh, one annuity. Okay. So how much, uh, where's this 300,000? He's what he's just saying. Summon a little bit of an annuity, a little bit of mutual funds. Is that right? Or three hundred thousand yeah, dollars in a bank account. Which one is it? No, they're mutual funds and uh, one annuity, and then the the Roth is in another. I can't remember. I think That's it's right. in a mutual fund too. Yeah. So if you were to take more cash out, if you you want to pledge your house to have more cash, what would you do with that cash? Well, um, possibly buy a uh, rental property if uh, there's a downturn in the in the market, or invest it in mutual funds if there's another downturn. Depending on what the elections, with the elections, you know what goes on. If Biden gets in there, they say the stock market could tank, and it all depends on the economy because. Things could change pretty drastically. I don't. I don't think we've seen the, the long-term effects of this pandemic yet. So, have you uh, ever owned a rental house in the past? Yeah, I currently do. How many rental homes yeah. do you have? Just one. And what do you owe on that? Okay. Well, it's it's my current property, the one hundred sixty-six thousand. I rent out the front house, and I live in a back a back unit. You are an incredible saver, know, by the way. I know. You, uh, I, we are, first of all, I'm just going to say, Steve, and now, we're and now not he just told us that the million-dollar house he has, that he doesn't even really enjoy it. Yeah. He rents out the front and lives in the back. That's yeah. what he just told us, right? Yeah, that right? that's what he said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what a... Well, we're not worried about you, Steve. Here's, you know, Steve, you, you, we have, I have 100% confidence that you, when you retire, you're going to have plenty of cash to make up whatever pay you were receiving while you were working. I really, just by what you're telling us already. My, I, if I were you, I would not take out. I, so my house, I'm 53 as well. My house is paid mm-hmm. off. I worked at getting it paid off. I could run the numbers and say that, yeah, if everything worked out just fine, I could say, look, over the long term, stocks have averaged six six or seven percentage points above that of inflation. So therefore, I should be able to yeah. do well long term. But there's also part of me that's like, you know, I've got, I'm doing well in my other parts of my savings, and I don't really feel like pledging my house for something that may or may not come to fruition. Yeah, yeah. But in saying that, like it would. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. So in saying that, I would refinance the mortgage. I. I would refinance this mortgage into a, probably a 15 or 20 year fixed rate because the interest rate's lower and it's a simple right. interest loan. And then I would accelerate the payments so that it's paid off by the time you are 63 or 65. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a simple interest loan. So you asked two questions. One, should I refinance and take money out of the house in order to make it? I mean, investment? you can do that, but mm-hmm. look, I've never seen anyone whose home was foreclosed upon when uh, it was paid off. But I've certainly seen mm-hmm. enough people that took cash out of their homes and ended up losing their property. No one knows what the future holds, right? Yeah, yeah. So sure. it depends on risk tolerance. I mean, I'm not. I. <laughs> you've got already a lot going on well for you. I just don't know if it. I don't see the, whatever potential upside. I don't think it would be worth the, the the additional risk that you'd be taking. And it's a risk question. Yeah. That's what you asked. 
You you said yeah, pretty much. I'm going to sell yeah. part of my house in order to buy another one. That's what you just said. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard I've advice. You know, I've heard other radio shows talk about people that are successful in retirement have rentals. You know, rental units. Some. Well, so that might not be true for everybody. But I have uh, a I've, so if thirteen thousand clients at all worth roughly. Some have rentals. I talked yeah. to as many people at retirement like. I want, can I, can I afford to sell this rental and never deal with it again? Cause I'm tired of that. So, so there's yeah, lots yeah. of people that are successful in retirement have assets. An asset can be a rental, but it can be a stock portfolio. It can be real estate. It can be lots of different things. So when yeah. people talk about rentals, they just named an asset. People that are successful in retirement have assets. Whether it's a rental or not, okay. it's a completely different story. And if you want to, and look, if if a year from now or two years from now, home prices, I, I personally don't see it. Then again, I can't predict the markets, but uh, a lot of places, real estate prices are up because people are looking at it as actually a pretty interesting alternative yeah. to other things right now. But if a year from now, prices are way down, um, use some of the money you've got in those other mutual funds and 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 sell it. For that matter, if you want to take on more debt, you can borrow against the it's actually, investments you've got. It, so, but you do want to refinance and you do want to shorten your payment so that your home is paid off the day you retire. Yeah. I appreciate the call, Steve. And you've done clearly are a, a, a good saver. And we didn't ask his salary, but I bet his, the, what he's got saved and he went through divorce and raised kids. How did you know that? Because he said that. Oh. I'm a listener. Okay. I'm Usually a- when I engage with someone, <laughs> I, I focus more on them. <laughs> <laughs> I must have been blanked out through that. Gee, that's weird. Pat, Pat thinking about something else. <laughs> Never experienced that before. <laughs> We're going to go to Atlanta and talk with Srini. Srini, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey. Good, good afternoon. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. How can we help you, Srini? Good, thanks. Hey, one quick question. Um, right now, actually, I'm an unemployed, but uh, we have mortgage, and we are paying mortgage from every month since. Like, you know, uh, we never late payment anything. And my, is there a way can I refinance if I want to refinance? Yeah. So what's the? Uh, but you're unemployed. What fa- yes. what's family? Do you have a wife that's working right now? What family income do you have? Um, right now we have a lot of savings. Um, from savings, we are using them. How much money? How much do you have in savings? Paying, paying like an you know, emergency fund for like about six months worth of like you know, or like about one year worth of funds. And it. when do you think you might have another job? Maybe within a month or two months. And what's the... Since like about like four months, I'm not having a job, but uh, I'm hoping within a month or so, definitely I'll get a job. And, and what I is the... What do you owe on the home? Um, about 192 or 96. And what's the value of the home? Um, about half a million dollars. A million dollars? Is that what you said? Half, half a million. Half a million. Okay, half a million. And what's yeah. the interest rate on the mortgage? Right now, my mortgage is uh, uh, about like a three percent, three point five. Okay, and so twenty years mortgage. Yeah, yeah. So and uh, now the, left is about a twelve. Twelve is left over. Got it. Got it. So if you can refinance to a lower rate mortgage, you should refinance to a lower rate mortgage. So you should contact a mortgage broker or a bank and ask them about that. Yeah. But you may not qualify because you're unemployed I mean, at this we're not, time. We're not experts in the nuances of mortgages out there, but the, 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 the over 90% of mortgages are backed by the government programs. <laughs> Fannie, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Mac. Yep. Um, and at least last I read, 90-some uh, percent, maybe that's changed. So if you're in the industry, forgive us. Uh, but most loans are based upon your ability to repay the loan. The last thing the bank wants to do is take the house from you. Even though you've got $300,000 worth of equity, that they doesn't, they're like, we don't want to play that game. So 
they want to make sure that Srini is able to repay the loan. So that my guess is you're going to have a tough time refinancing until you have uh, new employment. But uh, if you don't want to wait for that and I'd swing at it. Yeah. Call a mortgage broker Monday. Uh, a mor- it, and they'll, they'll or tell even you when you hear advertising on the TV and radio. Uh, they'll it, tell you in 10 minutes whether you uh, should get a new mortgage or not. Yeah. So anyway, appreciate the call. And if, by the way, if you're listening, you have not looked into because ref- 30 year rates are like under 3% right now. Can you believe we're saying this again? But they're lower. It's interesting. Refinance rates are higher because there's been so much demand interest rates are lower for for first purchase homes than they are for refinances. What does that mean? I don't understand what you just uh, said. Why is that? I read I was that I've read that read the study somewhere this week that that new home purchases it wasn't it, it, it wasn't interesting <laughs> enough for me <laughs> okay. to actually get into the meat of the story, the reason behind it. I just thought as a financial advisor it was good information for me to know and I okay. checked that in uh, Back in my head, yeah. and now I spew it off got- on the radio. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> I'm just- so thank you for that, Scott. Let's go to the calls. Okay, eight three three ninety nine worth is our number. Let's talk with Susan. Susan, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hi, how are you today? We are fantastic, Susan. How are you? Good. Um, my question are is about the pros and cons of taking some of our equity out of our house to purchase another property. Is this other property for some for your enjoyment? Is it for a family member? Is it for an investment? It would be for enjoyment, perhaps as an investment also. What's that mean? Uh, second home somewhere. Uh, it would be, yeah, it's a second home uh, near where two of our children live in Florida. Ah, we live in Wichita, okay. Kansas. And so maybe four months out of the year to be there, um, rent it out as okay. an Airbnb. Uh, but we're debt free right now. We do not want to take out a mortgage to purchase a place and wondering, you know, if yeah. we could use our equity and is that really a wise thing to do maybe uh, so that's why i'm calling maybe maybe yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. So I, tell certainly, us, I certainly like what you're trying to do right you right. want to get close to the kids totally understand it life is about relationships more than it is about stuff it's right just, you want to get right. close to the kids you, you know you're living in wichita made famous by glenn campbell um in the <laughs> wichita lineman and what's the other mm-hmm. uh, the uh I'm going to Wichita. I don't know, but I know it's the Wichita. It's the uh, Pietro, whatever. Oh, you go fish. But Susan, back to your financial question. It's in the last decade. The so kings, it, uh, how much money do you, are you both retired, you and your husband? Uh, well, we're, we're retired. I do piano lessons. He has two part-time jobs. So okay. I'd cool. say we're semi-retired. Um, and your home, we own our house. Okay. And how much money? And so do you have monthly pensions or are you on social security right now? Do you have income coming Um, in? Social security and annuity things that, you know. So how much is that a month that's coming in? Um, probably 3,000 to 3,500. And you're living comfortably on that and your part-time jobs. Oh, yeah. And how much money do you have saved in either 401ks, bank accounts, brokerage accounts, stocks, bonds? Overall, how much money is set aside? I'd say about 300,000. And how old did you say you were, or did I ask that? Um, I'm 73. My husband's 71. And what's the value of the home? Uh, About 200,000. Mm. And what's and a place in Florida going to cost? Uh, well, that depends on what we get. And if uh, we were able to rent it out like an Airbnb, that kind of thing. And how much would it cost? 100000 200000 500000 Uh Probably 100000 mm. Had you looked at using a, a reverse mortgage to pay for this? Well, what are the pros and cons of that? Because uh, the, I don't think we could draw out enough 
to purchase something yeah, with a pr- reverse mortgage, from you, my understanding of how they work. You're probably you're you're probably right at your age. Um, and the home's value at two hundred thousand. Um, so it would be a stretch for you to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, it would be an absolute stretch for you to do this. Um, if you were a member of my family, I would tell you no. And the reason is, is you've got income of $3,500 a month from pensions and social security. You're working two part-time jobs. The home's got $200,000 in value. You have 300 saved in addition to that. So your overall net worth is $500,000. It's not so much the cost of the home that worries me. It's the taxes, maintenance, upkeep on that Mm. home that I would prefer you go down to Florida and rent an Airbnb or a condo a month at a time. It's going to be cheaper and less risk in the long term for you. Or move down there. Or move there completely. Yeah, we're renting uh, an Airbnb for a month. Or just move there. It's cheaper for you to rent, by the way, it's cheaper for you to rent an Airbnb for a month than it is to actually yeah, buy a house. Flow, yeah, the cash flow would certainly be. Mm-hmm. Okay, and well, I just, see, that's why I'm calling. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Ideas and wise counsel. <laughs> you know, so I just went through this exercise with a client of mine. I still work with clients who's a uh-huh. widow, whose children, we live in Sacramento, California. Their children moved, her children moved to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, And she wanted to buy a house there so that she could go and stay with him. And I went through the same exercise with her. And at the end of it, I said, just go and rent every time you go. Rent it for a month at a time. Rent the same place. It's much less expensive. And it will actually be easier on you in the long run. One could make the argument on this to use a reverse mortgage and the, with the sole purpose, with a line of credit on it, with the sole purpose of using those dollars to fund the Airbnb rental for a couple months in Florida. I could, I would, I would actually, oh. I would look at that. But you have to be highly oh, disciplined. That's interesting. You've got to be yeah. highly disciplined. And the reality is, if you're not moving there permanently, you are 73 years of age. If you're lucky, you could use the place for 10 or 12 years. If you're lucky. Statistically. Correct. Statistically. Yeah. If you're lucky. So. Well, um, I think you've been very helpful in ideas and what is the, you know, the best plan. Um, Just rent. Just rent. Right. Better yet, have your children rent and you stay at their house while you're there. (laughs) (laughs) Then they might have to watch the pads feed the water plants. The grandkids are like, here, mom and dad, take care of these kids. We wish you well. All right. Appreciate the call. Well, thank you very much for your advice. Have a great day. Bye. Holy smokes. Can you get nicer than her? Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) I wish she was my neighbor. She's like, oh, you're so nice. Oh, Well, I almost asked you, sure the kids want you to do this? (laughs) (laughs) She reminded me of my mother. I had the... My mother-in-law passed away 12 years ago. Oh, so. your mother-in-law was very, very oh, nice. I, I, I get the like, lottery with my mother-in-law. She was spectacular. She'd come over. She was vegetarian, and she'd cook me uh, meat. Like, she'd make me a special meatloaf with three different kinds of meat. She'd go to the <laughs> butcher to get it for me. Oh. Um, and my wife was, they're both vegetarian, and she'd make all this stuff for me. Oh, I, I know. I was always jealous of your mother-in-law. She was fantastic. <laughs> anyway. Um, I actually saw your wife yesterday at the gym. Oh, you did? Did she didn't mention that? She did mention that, I recall, yes. and said how uh, chatty you were and how nice you were. Oh, well, that was, she's never said I don't that. think she were the chatty, but yeah, Pat was really nice. Was, oh. We talked for quite a while. I don't, I don't talk to him very often I like hadn't that. seen her in, I don't remember the last time I saw your wife. I saw her in the gym, and she's like, what happened? What, what are you doing here? I'm like, hey, you know, I belong to a gym. I thought what, I should come. What <laughs> well, how many gyms do you work out in? Well, I mean, how many gyms do I go to or how many gyms do I work out in? Uh, There's two. Okay. There's two. One that my wife 
signed up for and one that I signed up for because I like, but sometimes I'll go but to... But over the years, you've I've known you to be at many different places. Oh, there's so. no question. <laughs> like, this around. is going to be the... If I go to this one because I got new... Wasn't there like instant fitness, instant oh, physique instant or something? physique. Yeah, instant physique. <laughs> <laughs> you think this body happened by accident, Scott? A whole name, instant physique. I liked it. Just in and out really quick. <laughs> yeah, like 14 minutes. <laughs> Body in fourteen minutes. Uh-huh. Oh, I tell you, these um, all these poor gyms. Holy smokes, restaurants. Oh my gosh. If this, what, what, from an investment standpoint, a takeaway you should have from this. I don't like we use the word "should" on people, but I'm doing it on this. Is that you never know what could happen. No idea. None. And. Maybe if you're younger, you don't want to be diversified. You want to keep betting on your company, keep betting on one particular stock, whatever. As you get close to retirement and into retirement, you no longer have that luxury. You don't have the time to make it up. It's now more important than ever to make sure you're diversified. Especially if you're old, you're more interested in not being poor than you are in being rich. That's why you have a diversified portfolio. At retirement time, that's the vast majority for most people. We're taking a quick break. Stick around for more of Allworth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean. Uh, hope you haven't having a great uh, weekend or whenever you're listening. We are having a good time today here. So uh, 833-99-WORTH is the number to be part of our program. Let's talk with Jerry. Jerry, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Yes, thank you. Uh, enjoy your program. Listen every week. Thank you for the info you give. Well, well thank, thank you. you. And uh, are you listening on? Do you listen by podcast? Uh, no, I listen on the uh, Saturday program here in Roseville, in okay. California. Comes on Saturday morning. Great. All right. Well, appreciate life, you listening. The life course. Have a quick question for you. Uh, retired people like myself. One of our main assets is our home and the title to our home, of course. And we are hearing, uh, increasingly hearing the horror stories of titles being stolen and then money borrowed on them. And the first time the homeowner knows it's happened is they begin to bill, uh, receive bills for the uh, loans that have been made on the title. Okay. That's a uh, title theft. How valid is that? Is it something we should be concerned about? Should we take out the insurance that they're trying to sell us? So... Uh, I just went through a uh, residential real estate transaction myself in the last three weeks. And I've done, I don't know, a dozen, two dozen of these things over my lifetime. This verification of title and the funds being actually uh, delivered was the most stringent I have ever seen. Uh, I mean, they Uh called me. They called my wife. They wanted to know exactly the account number. Even though I had provided it to them physically in writing, the day before the wire transfer took place, they... Well, the question I would have is who is ultimately responsible? Well, that's why the title company is actually so stringent (laughs) is because uh, a transfer of title is a big deal. So um, I would not... I would not buy the insurance. That's just me. Who insures this? Uh, there's companies that will actually, you can buy uh, title protection insurance. Do you insurance. know anyone whose title's been stolen? Have we had a client whose title's been stolen? Not that I'm... So I hear the ads. I'm not, I am not aware of anyone. I've never read Do you an own article. title insurance? On any, this sort of insurance? No, 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 okay. I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't, right? right? So, In fact, by the way, you know, the idea of buying title insurance period, always irks me. Um, I bought a home once for cash and tried not to buy the title insurance. I'm like, I don't want the title insurance. I think the, the deed is 
clear, I don't want the title insurance, and they would not do the transaction if I couldn't buy. And that's a different. That's difference. where they make their money. That's exactly what they said to me. This is how we make our money. But what you're talking about is buying insurance on the title, not title insurance. Um, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Not to confuse the two. No, no, but that's it, truly, you're, that's what you're talking about. I, I, I've never heard of it. I've, I hear the ads. I, I hear it anecdotally. I've never actually seen it. No. And, I wouldn't worry about and it. And having gone through a transaction recently in the fact that, you know, when someone takes a loan out on your house, um, the title company is involved in the loan. The mortgage company is involved in the loan. They are aware of the scams. They are protecting against that. So I wouldn't bother with it. All right. Very good. Well, All right. Thank you so much for your answers. And again, just enjoy your humor and your uh, camaraderie on the program. So thank you very much. All right. Well, appreciate the call. Job. All right. Appreciate you know, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of areas where, I see others have stress, concerns about things, and I, I was like, well, who's going to be ultimately responsible? As an example, credit cards, I'm on the hook for the first 50 bucks. After that, <laughs> it's a like, credit card. So, you're like, hey. I mean, it's a pain, right, when, they, when your credit card's been compromised, um, then you got to go and notify anything you have, auto pay, although a lot of them now, even the, they'll use, they can use the old number if they had the auto pay set up before, so you don't have to, but... Um, I look, I don't actually, I mean, you want to steal my credit card? Well, know. someone stole my identity and returned it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you can have this back. That is a thing. So I put credit, Identity theft's a bigger issue. No, no. And I put credit locks on, um, uh, on all of my uh, credit reporting. I have credit locks on mine. I don't know if you do. I don't. So it is kind of a pain, though, uh, because when we, I went to buy a, car with my son for my son my adult son and um they're like there's a credit lock on this thing are you trying to put in your credit card are you trying to no they gave me a thousand dollars off if i actually uh took out um which always make all the money on the finance it's crazy and then i asked so they're gonna give you it was gonna be cheaper if you if you borrowed the money from so i borrowed them for 30 days and then paid the thing off Right, because it saved a thousand dollars, and the guy said to me, I, "I remember I was in the meeting, and I said, well, what's the interest rate on it?'" And he said, "What's it matter? You're going to pay it off in thirty days." I said, "Well, if the interest rate's a hundred percent, maybe I'm not going to do this. So the interest rate does matter." And you know why? He's, you know why he said that? Because he wanted to use a higher interest rate, right? So, so, so they get, get more paid money more. on the back, yeah, on the back end. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> anyway. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's. I, but I used the credit lock. So at the end of the day, I actually had my son. So what was the interest rate? Uh, it was like it wasn't bad. It was like eight, eight percent. I eight percent. I only had it for thirty days. You didn't and, care. And you're like, you're giving me a thousand bucks. Well, no. And so it was like, uh, yeah, saved a thousand dollars. We had to put ten thousand dollars on the thing, and I'm like eight percent, ten thousand dollars, eight hundred dollars yeah, a year, yeah, 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 yeah. sixty-seven dollars yeah, yeah. a month. I was doing the math in my head. I actually. <laughs> Showed the guy, go, okay, so I'm going to save $1,000 and it cost me 67 And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm like, you know that 8% is not free. Right? He was like, it's only 30 days. I go, it's still $67. So in this whole transaction, I'm up $933. And he was staring at me like, what are you talking <laughs> he said, I do this for a living. I, but. Yeah, he was explaining to me how finance worked. I'm like, good job. Do they still sell, uh, we'll get to the calls here in a moment. Do they still do those um, computed interest loans? I have no idea. I remember Rule that. Rule of 78. Rule of 78. Computed. If you're I, getting a, an auto loan, you, you want a simple interest loan, not a computed interest loan. The difference is simple interest, the, the interest uh, that is... Um, charged each month that's accumulated each month is based is based upon whatever the outstanding balance is so if you end up paying it off earlier you pay less interest computed interest is just like the way it sounds they compute compute how much interest is, would be over that 60 month period or however long auto loans right. are these days and it's it's it if you end up paying it off early you're it's you're essentially penalized for paying it off early. You drive the cost of money up. So there are times when we see people, they're going to pay off their, their car loan. We look at it like, 
No sense paying it off now. You've already paid all the interest. Scott, my first loan, I took a loan out when I was 18 to buy the uh, Volkswagen Rabbit White Wolfsburg Edition, by the way. Sweet car. Did you have a nice stereo in it, cassette? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice cassette. Sweet car. White. Um, Cordovian leather. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't leather at it was, all. It must have been a used car, though, no? No, no, I bought it brand new. It was no, like you when did I was 18. not. Yes, I did. I was 18. I didn't know any better. So, and but I, you had this, you traded stocks in high school and stuff. You were, Scott. I never knew. I've known you all, a long time. I didn't know you bought a brand we, new car at 18. We, we all make, make it's mistakes. Good, it's better to learn financial mistakes when you're young than when so you're So I old. took a loan out. Uh, so I paid $7,400 for the car. Uh, I took a what loan. What year was this? Oh, God. It's got to be... 1986, 85 or 86, 18, maybe 19 college student, $7,400 for the car. I still remember that because the guy was negotiating with me over a hundred dollars. And I'm like, he goes, it's only a hundred dollars. I go, that's like saying this soda is 35 cents or a hundred dollars and 35 cents. It's still a hundred dollars. <laughs> Right, <laughs> I go. You're trying to make it relative, but it's still a hundred dollars. Anyway, so I got this more this loan on the car. I went to pay it off early. I asked what the payoff balance was, and they explained it to me. Well, your payoff. I go. Well, then there's. No, it made no sense for me because I received a computed interest loan, Rule seventy eight, not knowing the difference. So no, before you'd get a yeah auto loan. Don't time. be nineteen and buy the Volkswagen Rabbit. Uh, or 18 Wolfsburg edition. That's like a fancy one too, isn't it? Oh, Scott. I was a hitter. <laughs> you were shaking the women off with a stick. Wave those tables down there, oh, Brother yeah. Oliver's. Man. <laughs> okay, 833 I don't know why we took this big detour. Buying, buying new cars is, you should not buy a new car unless you can really afford it. That's right. Unless, I didn't buy a new car until I was 30 something. Yeah, that was the last new car I bought until I was 30 something. Yeah. 8339, and they're terrible investments. Terrible. 83399 worth. We're talking with Jeff. Jeff, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Yes, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Uh, doing well. Appreciate you guys taking my call and appreciate Thank you. both of you in your program. Thank you. Uh, I had a uh, uh, question, a couple questions. Um, I've got some investments with a company that's uh, well-known nationwide, good people, good, uh, uh, my financial planner is a good gentleman, but uh, this company is tremendous on fees, and my returns are minimal at best, <laughs> and I'm looking for recommendations on a Christian-based organization where fees will not eat up the majority of any returns I could make, and then I've got a substantial amount in savings account, a local, local bank that's playing pretty much close to zero on interest. And we're wondering if you gentlemen could recommend an online uh, savings program that was safe and uh, might provide yeah. better. Yep. The, the second question is an easy one. So we're going to take this simple layup question first. And do you owe anyone in the world any money? Well, uh, not much, but yes. Who do you owe money to? <laughs> uh, I bought a piece of ground. And, right. and, and how much do you owe on that piece of ground? Um, be around 56K. And what's the interest rate on that? Uh, right now, it'd be around 6% because right. it is a land loan. And how much money do you have in the savings account that you're looking to invest? Around 75000 And if I could give you 6% interest on that, would you be happy with that? Oh, absolutely. Pay off the mortgage, pay off the loan on that property. Right. Okay. That's easy. Yep. You're talking okay. about lending money to someone at zero interest rate while at the same time you're borrowing at six. I understand. Yep. <laughs> right. A good way to put it. That's, that is yep. what it is. Right? That's what it is. I, and it, yeah. part of it, that part of it might be a comfort thing, right? Just like, well, uh, absolutely. But absolutely. I have a feeling you personally guaranteed a loan on that land and you're on the hook for it, regardless of what happens with that land. Right. So that's the uh, answer yes. to the first thing. Uh, the second question. What was your, so you say you haven't had much returns. What would the. Re well, Scott, he still has $14,000 after paying the thing off for banks. So go to bankrate.com and look at uh, the highest yielding money markets. Bankrate.com. Bankrate.com, the highest yielding money markets. That or are, savings. Or savings that are FDIC insured. 
I had this conversation uh, with my daughter this week, my 23-year-old daughter. She's like, I've got money in the yeah. bank. It's not earning anything. What do I do? I'm like, bankrate.com, get the highest yielding savings or money market. So that's the answer to the question. Right. Let's talk about the other. Your conversations with your daughter are much different than my conversations <laughs> with my daughter regarding money. Because <laughs> mine, she's always trying to find another way to get a few more bucks out of me. Like, Every week. Uh, that's my daughter. Always <laughs> trying to find out, would you pay for this? Can you pay for that? Can you give me this? Will you pay oh, for this? You know, you, would Scott, you mind paying for this? Would you can pay for this? Pay for this, Dad? Can you pay for this? Scott, would you that, mind paying for this? How about if you pay for this? Scott, that very well may happen. <laughs> but it, the conversation, my wife is an accountant by education, and she pays all the bills and manages all that stuff. So that very well may be happening. I just don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, so... On the first question, what what was your return like for the calendar year 2019? Because that was a pretty good year for most investors. And what that is was your, a good year. Okay. And, and what's your stock to bond uh, exposure? Like, is it 50% stock, 50% bond? What what What's that look like? Do you know? For the, yeah, I, I honestly cannot answer that second question. I'm, I'm older, so I put it in a fairly safe mutual fund. Um, so the primary, primarily would be probably 50% more in the stocks and bonds and then the rest of mutual funds. Oh, got, got it, got it. So, when, when, so, so here's what, look, and now, what, what do you think your fees are? How big are your fees? That I do not know. I don't have that. I don't have that answer. Okay. I apologize for that. But So is your bigger issue... It sounds like because you don't quite know what your fees are, you don't feel like you're getting any real value out of this relationship. I would say, uh, based on the years now, I know we've had our ups and downs uh, in the market, but um, I've pretty well made back what I've invested in. It. Are you <laughs> taking out any money? No. Uh, no. But you're calling a radio show for financial oh, no, 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 advice. No, no, no. So you, you, how long ago did you invest with this firm? Uh, we've been in there about five or six years. Oh, you and you've made move. no money in five or six years. You got to move. You got to move. You got to move. We, we've made some, but it's been very little. I mean, when I, when I looked at it overall from year to year on the statements, uh, I make very little compared, uh, very little in addition to what I have invested. So in. what did you put in wow. originally? How much money? Uh, put in about $750 a month into a, into a Roth IRA. And, and so that's the, and how much money, what's the account balance today? Uh, right around a hundred thousand, not quite. Got it. And are you currently? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It would be around fifty thousand in the Roth, and then I've got another fifty k in a in a uh, annuity. Are you working? I'm retired, but uh, I'm actually working part time now. So, well, um, where do you live? Uh, Illinois. Uh, you should you should talk to another advisor. So his question was, how do I go? What was your question for us? How do I go find another advisor? Yeah, so, I'm, I'm looking for a Christian-based company that uh, one I can trust. Um, well. Not that there aren't those out there that aren't Christian-based. Yeah, you know, um, I got to, you know, I'm a Christian. Um, I always worry about the companies that actually label themselves Christian-based. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Right? <laughs> I mean, it, and, nope, and you I actually, is not that kind of the, the definition of the, using the Lord's name in vain no, right, right, for it, your own benefit? It, 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 it's, almost, it's, it's almost too much in your face. And listen, I— But there's, there's a, there is a, there's a company, and—because sometimes people, Scott, well, you guys are a Christian organization. I say, well, look, we employ lots of different people, people of various faith. I have tremendous respect for lots of people. Our value is—our personal values as an organization are clearly would be in line with—, with those as well and but um there there is a uh the challenge you're gonna have there is a company called ron blue and associates oh yeah that they specialize they specialize in evangelical christians that's what they do and there's is that th right that's correct how big are, are they big yeah they are pretty big uh, they just sold out night i take that back they sold the thrivent financial okay which is a lutheran based organization yes right but but I don't like the business model of. Th I mean, not, not to knock. What I, I don't, I don't like commissioned products. But, but maybe they're not anymore. Do you know? 
Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, so I think that's where I would start. And you want a fee-based financial advisor. But you're also going to find people that similar faith of yours in your backyard that aren't affiliated that, with necessarily with one of those companies. Well, that's that's correct. Right. That's correct. And, and so more, I think more important because, and you might have bad actors at. I mean, we you hear about those stories all the time too, right? <laughs> sheep and wolf clothing, in right? Um, <laughs> no, it's wolves, a wolf wolf's and sheep's, sheep's clothing. clothing. No, Thank you, but a wolf and sheep's clothing. I got it back. You know what I'm talking about? I would, um, I, if I were, if I were in your situation, Go I would to a local advisor. I'd find a local advisor, and here's what I'd be looking for. Obviously, one for you, you want someone whose their values uh, line up with your values, and so right. you're going to have one of those conversations with that person. And see what where they line there, but uh, you're also want to look for someone who's what's called a fee based advisor. That's someone who's not going to earn any commissions on selling your products. You mentioned you've got an annuity that may or may not right. be the most important appropriate thing for you, but odds are they receive some commission for selling it. Anytime an advisor has a earns a commission for selling a product, they've got a vested. I mean, they've got it's a conflict there, right? They know that if they right. recommend this to Jeff, they're going to get paid a, a commission. Scott, you wouldn't have recommended a, a uh, an annuity to Jeff, ever. I haven't recommended annuities in 15, 20, 15 years. 20 years. And they were the old— <laughs> I would agree with they you. They were good years ago. They, in the they, tax. Look, look they, they had their place. They were inexpensive. They had guarantees on them. They're, they've been priced out of the market. And I—, wait, I I could, if someone has an old one that's that needs to be replaced, I could recommend an annuity okay. because of the tax-free exchange. But, but uh, anyway, so Jeff, see, go that's f- a good question um, because I, uh, I have tried to get that annuity out to where I could put, invest it somewhere else, and been told it's almost impossible to do. Well, that's not true. Well, you got the wrong guy for you sure. You got the wrong guy. So you want Just someone who's someone fee-based, fee-based, uh, does not earn commission. And say you don't want to invest in anything you can't get get rid of uh, the next day. Uh, one of the okay. one of the and I said this to someone just the other day in the organization. I said the, one of the ways Allworth is structured is we're structured in a manner someone could f- hire us on a Monday and fire us on a Tuesday, and can take mm-hmm. all their assets with them where they go. It might change in value over that twenty four hours, uh, but liquid liquid uh, type accounts so people can. And, what, and 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 so with, with a fee based advisor, that advisor has to earn your trust and your your keep every day. They have to serve you every day because at any moment's notice, you can take your money and run and fire them. And and so your interests are more; they're going to be much more closely aligned than with a a commission type advisor, which will with okay. something you got. Okay. All right, appreciate the call, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Glad, you, glad you called. So. so, you know, so when you talk about Christian Bay, so I helped write the investment policy statement for the uh, a foundation in the Catholic Diocese of Sacramento. And we had, we hired a firm that follows the dictates of the Catholic Bishop's Conference investment policy statement. Certain things you can investment, yeah. invest in. and Correct. Correct. So they have a screen uh, that brings you. So you th- couldn't own the S and P five hundred. That's right. You could not own the S and P five hundred because clearly of, there's got to be some Catholic indexes out there. Uh, there's actually Catholic mutual funds um, that, uh, that you would think that someone dictate. would say have a very low cost index fund that only it's not very huge percentage, but it's a, some percentage they exclude. That's brilliant. Well, it's not that hard to con- would be that hard to construct one of those. Uh, I, mean, I, get, I bet someone's already created one of those. With the you ESG might be right. Yeah, that's all. It's a business <laughs> idea. And I get to help the church at the same time. <laughs> interesting side note on index funds. So uh, uh, John Bogle, Jack Bogle, passed away within the last year, the founder of Vanguard. Vanguard is known for low-cost index funds. Matter of fact, they were the first mutual fund that had an index that mimicked the S&P 500. Yes. And so Mr. Bogle spent a lot of his life, particularly a lot of part of his life, talking about the benefits of indexing, how great indexing was, et cetera. Their fund was also structured as a mutual company. So it was owned by the shareholders. There was not an outside management company like most mutual funds. Which is what mutual fund means. Mutual, mutually owned. Yes, but 
most mutual funds still have an outside management fee. That's right. <laughs> they all do. Right. That's right. where they make their money. Right? right. Well, Jack Bogle worked for Wellington Investments out of Boston. He was one of their uh, portfolio manager. They had some sort of things weren't working out. He left. When he left, he had to sign a um, some sort of non-compete that said he could not compete in the business of managing money for a period of years, and he could not be an active. He couldn't actively. He couldn't manage an investment portfolio for a period of time. So he couldn't start a business to compete against Wellington, a for-profit business. Nor could he be a an active manager. Yes. So he's like, well, shoot, what am I going to do now? So he decides, huh, why don't I, instead of managing a portfolio, I'll just create an index fund. And then I could say, I'm not managing anything. So it happened almost by mistake. And further, because he could not set up a business that would compete against Wellington, he created the, a mutual structure so that the profits all went to the shareholders so that way he could start a business and not be in violation of his non-compete that he had with Wellington. Well, I knew about the index, but I never knew that's why they started the mutual that's company. That's exactly why. Really? Yes. He shared this at a conference I was at when he was later in life, you know, at the time of yeah, it's fifty years ago. What am I? You know, right. Here's the and whole the, story now. Yeah, like this is it. So that's how the mutual fund came into uh, being is because of this. Or no, they existed before them, but he would just used it. I mean, I don't think anyone actually. Uh, that's interesting. And, and, and the, but it's the time. But they ended up hiring Wellington to man manage funds for him. They had the Wellington fund that was available through Vanguard. They still do. Yeah, they ended up having a good relationship with Wellington as the years went <laughs> Isn't on. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, it's funny how some business things go there. Like, circle And then they, they later become known as this great... Um, well, sometimes the story is partially true about how the businesses were started. Do you ever listen to the podcast, How I Built oh, That? Oh, yeah, I love that podcast. I do as well. Yeah, how, by the way, if you, if, you are, if you like hearing the stories of how entrepreneurs start things and kind of like what their mindset and how they tick. I don't like all of them, but they're great stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're good stories. Uh, how I built this with Guy Raz. I think you'll appreciate it. And you can find that. And uh, while speaking of podcast, while you are subscribing to that, you need to subscribe to all worth's money matters and then rate it. Uh, if give you us have a review. Oh, re review. Give us a review. <laughs> and it's not, it's kind of clunky to do reviews, but if you, if you really wanted to do it, you can figure it out and give us a review. And uh, reviews are always helpful for us. And um, of course, podcasts is, uh, I think I think we have more podcast listeners now than we have terrestrial radio. But And if you haven't been on our website in a while, allworthfinancial.com, we've got all kinds of great educational material. If you're, if you're struggling with some issue with your finances and want to learn more, allworthfinancial.com's got a lot of great stuff there. So we're out of time. It's been great being here with you this weekend. And we'll see you next weekend. This has been Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.